we can talk about this a long for a long time, but um, I think we didn't really like we we have a young family, you know, um, but and we had a relatively easy time of um, to of um, getting pregnant and having Ian, but um, so many couples really struggle with it, and you really don't realize that till you start trying to start a family of your own, and and so um, and so. The idea of adoption, although it's a really difficult um, thing to um, probably go through, um, but man, you could really truly change people's lives if if you were in that situation. I, I don't know. That's that's the thing that like I didn't really um, think about until we went through the process of getting pregnant and, and having Ian and going with going through it with friends that really had a hard, had or are having a hard time getting pregnant it's like wow like that's and some people just don't like the idea of adopting someone's kid but man there are a lot of people that really would do a job my my wife has um she has an aunt and two cousins that are adopted and um they're like the most amazing parents anyway but i mean i think they had a really hard time um having kids and they have these two beautiful girls and it's like man like what what a amazing family! What a perfect family! You know. Welcome to the Wolf Admin Podcast. Today, I spoke with Dr. Alex Perman about what he was looking for in a practice that would eventually bring him back to Chamberlain, South Dakota. To summarize, he was able to look past an outdated decor when presented with solid financials. I've really enjoyed getting to know Alex, and I think you will as well. As always, if you want to get the most current episodes, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review. But first, support those who support us. Today's show is sponsored by iCode Education. At iCode Education, we create and host high-quality, relevant, COPE-approved online optometric CE. We offer practice management courses from billing and coding, fee assessment, and chart auditing to clinical courses that focus on topics ranging from the anterior segment to the posterior segment, to myopia control and neurological disease. Additionally, we partner with associations to help them provide their members and non-members with online continuing education at their own pace, on their own schedule. This allows our associations to generate non-dues revenue and provide a valuable service for their members who are allowed to obtain hours from distance learning entities. Check us out at iCodeEducation.com. That's E-Y-E-C-O-D-E Education.com. One more time, E-Y-E-C-O-D-E Education.com. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you tell me. I think... So that's that's a really interesting part is that I um, I'm not sure you know there's some stuff that I haven't touched yet because I am not sure how you know how people will feel about it but um, yeah I don't know I mean what are your thoughts about that what are your thoughts on a on a uh, on a discussion a podcast discussion uh, um, having conversations with people in our profession that make them unique what would your feeling be if you disagreed with somebody about, about faith or about specific positions that they would have? What, what would that, what, what would your mentality be on that? Um, I, I don't know. That's a good, um, that's a really good question. Um, I, it doesn't bother me. Um, I'm not a very, um, 
confrontational person. So mm-hmm. if I disagree with someone, I don't always let them know that. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I just will a lot of times have a company, you know, say, yeah, that's a great point, but I might not agree with someone. <laughs> it's just how I approach things. Um, but yeah, that's, um, that's a good point. And I don't know that I have, maybe it's my personality. Maybe it's my, um, um, just, I just don't have the like confidence to really have that discussion with someone too. So that was probably how I would just see myself in that situation. I'd probably just avoid it. <laughs> well, but, you know, I think, I yeah, think I this know. is kind That's... of the time. Yeah. I don't know the right answer either. Right. I, um, I've kind of struggled with that and I've gone back and forth about, you know, I, I certainly, you know, it's challenging because this, a lot of the people that I have on, um, I am not something I'm afraid to push back against them on certain ideas. The reality is, is that most of them, I agree with 99% of what they're saying. So there's not a lot of like, you know, uh, confrontation, so to speak in that sense. Yeah. Uh, But, but then I also think in sometimes when you disagree about things, um, that's where some, that's where people can learn a lot. And so, you know, I'm kind of thinking, well, how do we go? That's a good, that's a good point. So you 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 went to school at UMSL, correct? Yes, I did. Yep. Yeah, and then and then you graduated when? Uh, Two thousand fifteen. Yeah. And so did you meet your wife? Did you meet her before you went to school, or did you meet her when you came yeah. back? Yeah, we actually went to high school together. So okay. Yeah. So uh, she um, finished undergrad a year after I did. She's got a nursing degree. <laughs> um. So. Um, I, uh, I left for St. Louis, um, and, uh, she finished her undergrad in Briarcliff, which is a, um, small liberal arts school in, um, Sioux City, Iowa. And then I, uh, I did my first year, um, at, at Umsel and then, uh, we got married that summer and, uh, she moved down to St. Louis. And so, um. So that's exactly, I mean, it's very similar to the story that my wife and I had. We met in high school and we got married. I, she was a year behind me and, um, and I took a year off in between college and, and optometry school and, um, and just worked that year. And, and that's sure. when we got married is the summer before we went, was, was your, were there a lot of people in your class that did the same thing? Um, yeah, I would say there were some that, um, maybe waited a year. We didn't have a lot of, um, you know, some classes you'll find, um, we found that there's more, um, um, age differences through the, through the groups. I think my class was pretty, um, pretty much across the board, board, very similar ages, but there were, there were, um, quite a few that were maybe, you know, took a year, a few years off and went back to optometry school. Yeah. Did you feel like that, um, that that kind of bound you guys together being similar in age or was it similar in similar more similar in kind of life experiences or just the fact that you were plunged into optometry school uh and forced to go through this thing together i think the plunge definitely i don't know how you feel about your um um your experience in school but that's kind of how i felt like we we're just like oh we're all here let's let's try to get through this and so yeah. Yeah, I would say that, you know, it was partly the plunge, but we were really blessed. 
to have, um, you know, I was really blessed to have the guys around me that, that I had, you know, they're, yeah. they're still my best friends. Uh, you know, they're, they're my, my kids as godparents, um, and, uh, them and their wives, we just, you know, we were thick as thieves in school. And, um, even since school, you know, for the last 11 years, we make it a point to get together at least once yeah. a year with our families. And that's um, funny. And that's we, we do the same awesome. thing too. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. You know, if I can give anybody, um, you know, that, that was still in school, a, you know, piece of advice, it would be no matter what, get together once a week with your classmates and have dinner and just, yeah. just enjoy each other. Cause it, yeah. time goes so fast. It, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And even afterwards, like it, it's, it's so much faster now than, than that even. It's remarkable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I even find myself, you know, we'll have uh, like my oldest daughter's godparents um, were over. Uh, I'll give a shout out to Scott Ackerman. He um, he has started listening to the podcast, and he's in Garden City, Kansas, and um, and uh, he's just a good, good dude. And um, it's like there's not many people that I can just be around and like sit by the fire and not have to feel like I've got to take up time with conversation. I really like having conversation, but like, you know, there's very few people where you can just kind of hang out. And if, if you have a great discussion, great. If not, if you're just having a beer and, and, uh, and not having kind of these really deep discussions, then, um, that's okay too. And, uh, and so they were, they were up, uh, they were up a couple of weeks ago for, um, well, actually he, he came up for some continuing education and, um, you know, it was just, I, I found myself like, just at, you know, like kind of unusually at peace in, in other company outside of our normal family, um, mm-hmm. which kind of was reinforcing to me of, of kind of the longstanding, long lasting relationship we've had. And I really appreciated yeah. it. And so it just, it, it kind of grows after school as well. Yeah. I think, uh, it's funny, uh, when we, do, when I do get together with my, my classmates and friends, um, like oftentimes it'll be like a really late night. <laughs> I was just trying yeah. to catch up oh, the yeah. first night, you know, it's like, yeah, uh, Usually the I'm the one go? that goes to sleep early. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, everybody will ask me, I can't make it that yeah. long, but yes. That's and oftentimes cool. it's like, not even, I really not even part. It's just like catching up and then, but like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's this late. You know, but it seems like it happens yeah. to us like every time. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. And it's like, it's like the morning, next morning comes too soon. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Did you, uh, were there a lot of people from UMSL that, that are from South Dakota or most people from South Dakota uh, went to school at Pacific? Yeah, no. Um, there was a fair amount actually. Um, hmm. I had, um, more than I thought. So I, you know, and it's so funny cause we're all like really similar and we didn't, none of us really knew each other until we got to school. But there were um, myself and two others in our class, and our our, our class was about the size of I think it was forty or forty five students in my class. So wow. fairly small class size at Umsel, and um, so there was three of us from South Dakota, um, and then the class um, that graduated the year after us was kind of the same way. They had a you know I think there was a about that same number if I recall. So. Um, I don't know. Um, so when I did, when I just did my, um, uh, applications and, um, uh, research on trying to get into school, um, logistics were big for me. I just didn't want to 
I didn't want to get too far away from home. It's, I, I don't know. I'm kind of a homebody. I, I like, and the other part I like about Uncle is the class size is really small. I'm from a small community. Can you get, can you get so, from Chamberlain to St. Louis uh, with a direct flight? No. Uh, the, the, actually, we did a lot of direct flights uh, to Omaha and then just drove. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Um, wow. Otherwise, so you can get to, connect out of Sioux Falls. You can get from Chamberlain to Omaha direct flight? Yep. Or, you know, you, no, it would be, no. Uh, so, um, it would be, it'd be just St. Louis, um, uh, to oh, Omaha and then just drive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If we wanted to skip the drive, but most of the time we just drove. Yeah. Um, cause my hometown is, it's a little bit, it's kind of on the Nebraska, South Dakota border. And so, okay. um, and, um, right along the Missouri river. So we just drove, drove up. A lot of times we just drove up. It's it was it ended up being about a ten hour drive usually, um, depending yeah, on how fast you drive. Sense. But right, or right. yeah. So so then coming yeah, back. So after after school and being kind of south 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 Dakota, um, did you what what were you kind of looking for in terms of coming back to a practice? What you know what was your mindset? How did you find the practice that you found to purchase? You know, kind of describe that process for me. We we have quite a few listeners, not just in Nebraska and South Dakota, but also now across the country that are in, you know, rural, rural portions of, of their communities or of their yeah. states. And they really are struggling to find, find new doctors yeah. uh, to come back. And so, you know, what I'm trying to, I mean, mainly one of the things that I was hoping to kind of have a conversation with you about is what was your mentality? Um, about about coming back to a rural, yeah. a relatively rural practice, right? I mean, yeah. Chamberlain is not is exactly rural, but the way that you, yeah, it's it's rural. I definitely very rural where where I'm at. Um, I would say if you're not um, in Sioux Falls or Rapid City, it's rural in South Dakota. So, right. Um, the um, I, I I'll be honest with you, I really didn't know what what I was looking for, uh, coming out of school. Um, I'm truly blessed. I, we've been really fortunate as far as the opportunities that we had, but, um, we knew we wanted to be closer to home. We, we really liked St. Louis. We really like enjoyed being in a metropolitan area like that, but, um, we're kind of homebodies and my wife's got a really close family. I do as well. So, we knew that we wanted to be closer and it didn't even have to be South Dakota. We just knew if we can make it a reasonable driving distance to see our family, um, that's what we're looking for. Um, it just so happened that there were plenty of opportunities in South Dakota and still are, um, of a lot of doctors, um, that are looking for associates or, um, or retiring doctors, that sort of thing that, uh, we're looking to, um, transition into, uh, retirement. So, um, it was kind of luck for me, essentially. Um, I bought my practice from Dr. Larry Menning, who practiced in Chamberlain for, I think over 40 years. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, amazing, uh, amazing doctor, amazing, or just super smart guy. Did a lot, lot for our profession in the state. And so, um, would uh, truly ha lucky to kind of learn from him, but um, he just um, 
wanted to retire and wanted to spend more time with his family and, and grandkids. And, and so it was just, um, lucky for us that timing worked really well. Um, I, um, he had, I think he had posted it on AOA website. Um, uh-huh. and I, I just, um, kind of getting, got in contact with him that way. And that's how we kind of started. Um, I, I just came and vi- visited and we chatted a little bit and, um, and, um, at that time being a student, um, actually when I first met him, I think it was a third year student. Um, I had like no clue. I, I for me, like practice ownership as, as a third year is like, that's like even, I mean, just sounded so remote and foreign and, yeah. uh, extremely like, um, made me extremely nervous kind of just thinking about it, but. Yeah. Um, did you have a lot of, did you have a lot of debt in school if you don't mind talking about it or, or was, yeah. Or did you um, have, yeah. So, Cause I think there's a lot of that as yeah, well that people think. Yeah. Have this I insurmountable think that's the other debt. thing you worry about. I was, I was pretty lucky. Um, you know, I think that's one of the reasons I went to Umzol cause I think it was a little bit less expensive. Uh, and, um, for me and then, um, and then just, I, I think I, I don't even know what my final numbers were on coming out, but, I think I was a little bit better off than some students, but I mean, I'm, I'm still paying my loans now. So it's not like, yeah, uh, sure. I didn't like have a full ride or anything like that, but it was, uh, you know, I obviously trying to figure out how to manage that debt load and everything. Um, is it, is it in your perspective, is it more of a, um, is it more of a subconscious thing or a psychological thing that prohibits people from mm-hmm. wanting to come in and purchase a practice because of that yeah. debt load? Or do you think yeah. it's actually part of, of kind of our generation that really just wants to have a good job and, and may not want to have practice ownership? What do you think? And maybe it's a mix, but what do you, what's your perspective when you talk to other, other guys from, from your class? Um, I would say, um, I would say it's a pretty good mix. Um, I know some some guys are definitely interested in practice ownership, but uh, either just don't um, or just want to service their kind of service their debt first, right? Um, or what do you- um, or just um, just don't want the, to deal with the. Um, kind of the other responsibilities of practice ownership and want that more flexibility, more freedom. Then well, I, I can see that. I, I, so I think, you know, on the one hand, um, you know, I think first of all, the grass is always greener, obviously, but yep. on the one hand you have, um, you know, you can come out and think, man, if I, if I just work for somebody else, I have all this freedom. Yeah. But I'll tell you, like, it's, it might be, it's just a different type of freedom. I mean, yep. I, um, I agree with you, but yeah, yeah I mean, you know, you guys, I think that just, that not knowing that is the hardest part, you know? So yes, um, not, not understanding what that means. Yeah, exactly. Like I just want to get out and work and, you know, start um, getting experience. You know, that's kind of where I was at. I just wanted the best opportunity that, that, um, that gave me that. Um, I knew I wanted practice ownership. I didn't know I was going to want it this soon or have it this soon, uh-huh. but I knew that's uh-huh. something I wanted down the road. Uh, I just 
feel very fortunate in the situation I had. Um, yeah. I, I do think, um, so the way I, our agreement was, was, okay, well, um, I would work for Dr. Manning for a year and then I would, uh, we would transition practice ownership. And so, um, but after working, um, I think I was ready for practice ownership sooner than a year. Um, I think a year was a good time for me. Um, but I just, um, it was, it was a really good transition for us. I think it worked really well. And, and the thing that really helped me was patients were really accepting. They just were, um, um, were the, the community really embraced us well. And we just were really fortunate in, in that manner. So. You made the comment that you were ready before a year. What, what signs did you feel like you were like an indicator that you were ready? What were you, what were you picking um, up? I think for, for me was, I realized that I wanted to make a lot of changes to the practice Mm. and I didn't want, um, I didn't want to wait, you know, like I just wanted to start, start working on it. Like in, in changes that I I probably could got a blessing uh, from Dr. Manning and start on, but there's also that, like, if you're going to transition into ownership and then like you know, they're always like, whether it's equipment or, you know, changing or uh, changing, like we, we changed EMRs, um, yep. or practice management systems. Like there's the whole thing of, um, trying to work with, um, figuring out how to finance it. Um, after you kind of have this agreement together, um, like I just, I'd rather just kind of after, for in that situation, we just kind of wanted to make that transition and then I could start making the changes. So it just happened doing, yeah. coming up with those kind of ideas of, uh, uh, to, to kind of change and evolve the practice. I, I just kind of had to wait maybe a little longer than I wanted to, but it, it wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't that long. I mean, a year goes by like that, you know, that oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it wasn't no, I'm like trying to it just was kind of tease out. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to just kind of tease out what the, you know, what it is that makes people think, yeah, I'm ready to purchase a practice now. Now yeah. it's, it's, it's time for me to do it as opposed to, you know, getting stuck someplace where you, you know, you're, you're just going to be perpetually a, you know, an associate and that's, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that by the way, no, but, but no, unintentionally there is something wrong. So like, like, I yeah. guess my point is, is I think it's great. Uh, if you want to be an associate, I think that you should be an associate. Um, and I think there's, I mean, there that's, it's wonderful. Um, you know, if that's, if that's what you want to do, but I think purposefully, I think that's, what's important or being a practice owner purposefully, as opposed to accidentally, I think any of those yeah. choices kind of help you with your satisfaction with what you're doing. Um, yeah. and, and they can all be rewarding both, um, professionally and personally and financially with, with the right, um, with the right setups. Yep. So then do you ever, do you ever think about, um, so I've, you know, I've always had a partner, you know, I've, I've always been either an associate or, or had a partner, right? So I, I, obviously I practiced with my dad, uh, and, and we're partners. And Mm -hmm. so, um, so I really like having the ability to kind of, um, we don't always agree on things. In fact, there's, there's things recently that we've really worked through, um, in in the sense of like okay what's this new piece of technology that we want to bring into the practice and um and we've disagreed on them and sometimes um 
I've quote unquote won. And sometimes he's quote unquote won. But the, but the reality is, is that the practice and the patients win because we go through this process of yeah. evaluating and kind of, um, you know, playing devil's advocate. Do you ever yeah. feel like you ha- wish that you had something like that? Or do you get that from just our vision source docs and other friends you have? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I do kind of miss that. I think, uh, somewhat. Um, so there's that, I think as long as you have a good relationship and that that's the most important thing. Um, that's the thing I'm also nervous about because, you know, you, uh, enter a partnership, which, um, you would probably uh, agree with this that most people call it a marriage. Um, yep. that, um, don't always, um, work well. And so, yep. And for me, I, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but I, I don't, I'm not a very, a very good, I, I don't have a very argumentative personality and I don't know, maybe I just use an excuse, but like, um, I like to just do a lot of research on something and then make a decision. <laughs> yep. yep. And I, I don't like to ask for someone's blessing on it. I, and that's just, I, that's just my personal, like, cause I have no experience mm-hmm. of having a partner. So that's kind of how I, how I go about my, uh, decision-making. Whereas I, although I do think, you know, um, having someone that would kind of play devil's advocate in those situations, um, can really help. So, and I, I guess, I don't know, that's not a very good way to put it, but, um, no, but no, yeah, I, I think that's, to, to kind of have exactly that, the right way. Yeah. Ex- you know, have kind of, kind of argue the opposite way. Well, you know, just to have a good thorough, um, and, and now that you say that, it makes me really think, well, as long as you can have a really good, um, approach that way, there, there's no reason that can't work, you know, and I'm sure it's worked for, obviously it's worked for a no, number of practices and for you guys, I know you guys have a really great practice. Yeah. So, um, but I think yeah, I from, think, I, so I think for, for us, sorry to, to jump in. I think no. for us, the way the what it's been really good for me is that, um, it, it forces me and, and whether you're probably doing this on your own, but for me, you know, a lot of times I come in and, uh, and I'm thinking about, okay, we're going to add this technology or this, this procedure. Mm-hmm. And, um, this is how I, this is how the protocol is going to work. This is how we're going to implement it into our schedule. And yeah. you know, this is the, the, the time value of it and the monetary value of it. And the, this is how many patients in our practice we, we think we're going to have. Yeah. But, um, but then, you know, you think, okay, well, how's that going to impact our other flow and the other things that we're doing? And, and, you know, we already do so much. So how's it going to fit in with all of that other stuff? And so these are kind of the conversations that we're able to have um, that maybe a lot of people are having internally. And I have internally, but it, it, it kind of bubbles things up to the, you know, to the surface yeah. um, by having kind of those back and forths. Yeah. Um, so I think some of the decisions I've made have been easy decisions. So that, um, you know, things that I know need to be updated, like, um, for example, we did a office remodel and, uh-huh. uh, and just going about, um, knowing that we had to do the remodel, um, and just going about that process really diligently, uh, and talking to the right people and getting a lot of feedback from others that have been 
been through it and done that. Um, and then talking to the experts that, um, that are in those type of, uh, industries or in that, um, in those, um, in that field to really help, help you formulate a really good game plan for it. Um, that's kind of, so it sounds like, so no, that's interesting. So as I'm talking to you, it sounds like there's, there's all these things that you wanted to do that you've done now over the last three years as being an owner of the practice. Yeah. And yet there's a lot that stuff would shy would cause a lot of people to shy away from purchasing a practice. You know, they'll walk in and say, you know, it's outdated yeah. or their yeah. fees are their fee structure is really low or I don't like their EHR system or they're not yeah. on an EHR system. So that really takes nothing away because there's none of those things that you said yeah. about the doctor that you purchased the practice for. You never brought that up. That wasn't that wasn't why you decided to buy the practice or not buy the practice. Knowing all of that, you still said, "Yeah, I'm going to purchase this practice." So, yeah. what was it? What was it about the the doctor that you went into practice with, uh, with the intent of purchasing his practice down the road? What was it about him? And and I know you said he was a great doctor and has done a lot for the profession, and and that might be the answer. But what was it about him that made you confident that, you know? in light of all these other things that you're going to have to invest in down the road that uh, maybe some of the older docs that are, that are thinking in the next few years, they want to sell their practices that that would say, yeah, I, I got to make sure I'm doing these things when I'm, when I'm talking to, to new associates or young docs. Yeah. Um, actually just the fact that like there's just solid financials. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, as long as you can justify, okay, well, um, this person, I mean, these, these books are really clean. You, you and I would advise having a, like a professional look at them. Um, but yeah. you know, um, going through and, and really looking at the, the, um, tax returns and going, okay, well, we know maybe there's some things that are dated in this practice and, yeah. And things that we know that we can really change and update, and these financials look really solid now. Like what, like how? What's the potential here? You know, that's how I saw it. Right. It's like, right. right, like we knew it was going to be a lot of work um, because, uh, in and not not in respect from doctor to doctor Manning, but no, 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 we just no. knew we wanted yeah. to practice a different way. I knew I was wanted to do it differently, and so, um, and so. For me, it's like, well, that's a, I mean, those are great, solid financials, um, great, um, um, really, I mean, just really good, um, uh, numbers and you can, we just kind of make a list of, okay, well, um, you know, we had a great OCT, we had a, a solid fundus camera, really, I mean, our equipment was pretty good. We had two solid exam lanes. Um, we knew we, we can change. We knew we wanted to change the um, EMR, and um, or we'd have to do. We knew we had to do something different because that, at that time the transition was going from ICD nine to ICD ten, and the system that um, was in place didn't support ICD ten. So, um, no, going into that, knowing that we, um, you know, obviously knew it was going to be like they let their software uh, get outdated yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's yeah. 
the, the manufacturer of the software. <laughs> yeah. Decided, well, we're done. We, yeah, can't, so, we can't handle this. Well, actually, the so the way it was set up was um, actually just using that as a patient management system. The EMR, he actually did, he still was using paper charts. So the okay. system, you know, was there to, to kind of keep track of um, account balances and um, okay. okay, and to do some billing coding, but um, you know, that was everything else was. So we went from that to transitioning at least to uh, we use crystal practice management, and from there uh, to 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 eventually transition it into EMR. So yeah, it's yeah, uh, that's. Um... Well, I think that's really interesting. So did you feel like, um, so when you were analyzing the, the financials, he was able to just say, here's my three. I mean, he basically went yeah. and got his tax documents, dumped them on your lap. Did you feel, did you feel competent in knowing what you were looking for? Did you have your account? No, kind of not at all. I had, you know, I'm a third year student. Uh, no idea what I'm looking at. Um, I, I have someone I can really trust. He's a great accountant. He, uh, it's a, a good friend of mine. So I was, I'm pretty lucky, but, yeah. uh, and he's, he, he went through it and said, so he, he could, you know, he took one look at it and went, yeah, this is going to be a lot of work for you. But I think you already know that. And I said, yeah, I have a pretty good idea. But he's like, and we kind of just talked through it and, um, having that discussion with him really helped me kind of just analyze the situation well, you know, and feel comfortable with it. And at that time, we actually had other, other, um, potential, um, um, potential places to practice as well. I mean, yeah, I did. Yeah. So I was kind of weighing that and other options that I had. Um, so, well, so let me, let, let's, let's explore that for a second. Yeah. So when you were, you know, what let's, let's, you know, obviously you don't have to talk bad about, about those other options, but specifically, no, they were good. They were um, good options. Actually, yeah, it was but, funny. But I, what about them? Well, there was one that I really, back? I really, I really liked it was, um, it was a multiple doctor practice, not, um, not far from where I practice now, but, um, they had a doctor that was, re uh, was thinking about retiring and, um, the two other partners in the practice, um, were, were essentially going to transition him out or they, the plan was to transition him out and then bring in another do young, young, young doctor. And so, um, it seemed like a really great opportunity, um, at the time, but the, the doctor that, um, that was planning on a retire, actually, he just kind of changed his mind and decided to practice a few more years. So right. it, um, it kind of, that, that kind of, that opportunity kind of washed, uh, or took care of itself, I guess. And then yeah. the, the other practice, the other practice was, um, it was a doctor that, um, had this. I mean, unbelievable, um, unbelievable practice. He was actually building a new location. He's got, he had a, uh, he had a LASIK surgeon that was going in part-time and doing some refractive surgery for him. Uh, and so, um, it's just a, a great potential. Um, but that was kind of starting from scratch buying, um, and really didn't have a whole lot of guarantees associated with it. You know, so, uh -huh. for, so you have, um, you know, a uh, great possible potential to maybe buy in there. Although there was no, Hey, you know, after so many years you'll buy in or whatever it was, um, Hey, you know, we'll work you into a patient load here. You'll have to maybe satellite some other places and eventually you'll build a patient, a client or a patient base. And then, um, and then you eventually work into full-time 
work here. Um, right. And then eventually maybe you'll get to buy in. So that's kind of that situation. Right. And that just seemed too far off for me. Um, so, uh-huh. so those are kind of the situations I, I had. Um, and so uh, I ended up um, choosing uh, obviously the, my practice that I have now. So. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's interesting because a lot of times um, I'm just trying to kind of tease out what, and obviously it may not be um, negative for everybody, but just trying to try to tease. Just a second. Oh, you're fine. Um, just trying to tease out what, uh, you know, what, what you were finding important. And, um, you know, I, I think there's, there's a lot to be said with, kind of the idea of, you know, enough, enough certainty for a new doctor. Yep. Um, but also enough flexibility. And a lot of that is just like, in my mind, I think because it is similar to a marriage, a partnership is, and even, yep. you know, to some, to some degree having associates, you know, you, you invest in, in your associates, you, um, with the idea that potentially in the future, they, if they want to, and if, if you want to, they, they may become, may become partners. Right. But yeah. But like at the very least, you you ought to be investing in them and, and helping them develop and grow and providing them opportunities to grow within your practice. Yep. And um, I think a lot of times there's not enough kind of back and forth or checking in or kind of these ongoing discussions of, you know, what, you know, what they're looking for as well as what, what you might be looking for. And, um, and then pretty soon, I, I've seen this happen where, you know, um, there's kind of that carrot that's dangled as you're describing, you know, for, and someday you'll be an owner, right? If you, if mm-hmm. ownership path yeah. is what you want, right? If that's yeah. what you want and someday it'll happen, but that someday just never seems like it's going to come. Exactly. And that can be really frustrating yeah. for, for somebody and actually can make them pretty bitter. Yeah. I, um, I, um, I always, when I talk to uh, maybe colleagues that are kind of looking into maybe buying into a practice or uh, joining a practice, like, if if their end goal is to um is practice ownership then i would strongly encourage them um to um somehow figure out how to get that in your contract because otherwise there's no legal binding there um and on the other side of things um as long as the practice ownership or the the practice ownership agrees with that um, as some sort of um, uh, it agrees that you know that that partnership would be a good or or, or whatever that transition may be right. um, to 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 um, give up the reins or or give up some of the the responsibility or whatever that may be um, because otherwise um, it's you know, it might become pretty frustrating for someone. I know that would be pretty frustrating for me. Looking yeah. back on things. Yeah, uh, again, yeah, totally. Especially if it's the if it's the type if you're the type of person that really like you come out and say, look, I want to be a practice owner. You know, I want to own a practice. I want to, you know, own my own practice someday. And then, you know, you're going down this this road of thinking that might be the case and then it just doesn't happen. As opposed to like, you know, there are people that that think, you know, I'm not sure if I want to own a practice. I just want to make a good living. I want to have an opportunity to practice to my fullest scope and develop as a provider and take good care of patients and and make a good living. Yeah. And, um, and, 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 and maybe someday I want to be a, uh, a practice owner, but I'm not sure. And, 
So I think those are two different conversations. And it seems to me that what was important for you and probably important for um, the doctor that sold you the practice was that um, in terms of making this work was the fact that he was pretty open. I mean, from the sounds of it, he was pretty open almost from the get-go with you. Yeah, I mean, it was um, it was a pretty um, easy. I guess we'll call it a negotiation. I mean, just the fact that. Well, the, the interesting thing is um, he had his practice sold previous, and, and that um, that agreement kind of broke down. The doctor kind of backed out on that, and so mm. um, so. Did he share that with you? Yeah. Did he share what happened? Um, I, I think what for her um, it was. Um, she just, it was tough to move their family, um, kind of having second thoughts on just yeah. leaving their, their home where they were at from, from what I understand. So yeah, uh-huh. I was, I was kind of, uh, like, do you think he took a different approach then with you once, yeah, once I, that happened? I think so. I think, and I, th- I don't know how, or where he was at in, in his, um, his, how he felt about, cause it, um, when we, when we structured our, our practice, our purchase agreement, um, it was structured based off of that, their, their agreement. Um, I, there was things that I wanted to change. For example, she, you know, she was, um, someone that had been in practice for a number of years and then uh-huh. wanted to transition ownership actually just in a six month time plan. And I just felt like that was too soon for me. That's um, fast. I mean, that's really fast. So I think a year was fine for us. I, I don't know that that's fine for everyone, but it worked well for us. Um, th- that was just one example of what we wanted to change. But um, and he actually had it appraised um, by a third party, uh, so that you know. And we kind of, although I, um, it wasn't a current appraisal. We didn't have to go through a lot of the things that maybe you'd want to go through again, so to speak. So yeah. it was yeah. kind of already done. Yeah. Although, yeah, I just, you know, I, there's some things that times, obviously you get done with it and then you go, oh, like I should have um, thought about that more or whatever. But I, I always think of that as like, well, I learned my lesson. And I won't happen again. But yeah. nothing like yeah. nothing to the point where like I'm really super unhappy. Yeah. It's just, gosh, darn it. Like I should have thought of that or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think again, you know, it's okay to make some mistakes. You learn from them as long yeah. as they're not catastrophic mistakes. Right. And and I think at any at any point you can always reflect back and be like, ah, oh, I should have done that differently, you know? But you know, but th- those are the that's how you learn. Mm-hmm. So would you want it would would there be something that you'd you'd say, Oh, don't don't make this mistake or is there something that just comes right to the top or it just wasn't that big of a deal? Um I think for me I um I would probably um, get a little more. I had legal advice, uh, but it wasn't like like super great legal advice. I was it was another friend of mine. You know, I'm like a I'm like a poor college student. Like I'm not gonna like you know go up. But I would I would spend the money and, and find someone that you know maybe is um, entrusted within maybe our profession or maybe someone else recommends uh, just to just get someone that can help you really work through the contract. Um, not to say my friend's a bad lawyer, but, uh, just was not, not as much experience as I is maybe should have gotten from, from, from legal there. 
but it, nothing that was really like like super detrimental for me just little things i think so yeah yeah and, but then you wonder so then the next question that i'd have is okay well let's say i had somebody that was going to be maybe super nitpicky yeah and then then they start picking these little things apart and all of a sudden it makes the the seller like come on this yeah, doesn't seem like that big exactly. of a deal and, and that's and so, the, like, so that's the, the whole thing hand, anyway like i like i think the one thing for us like uh Dr. Benning and I, we just had such a great, like, uh, uh, we've always had really, we had these great conversations and everything that we've had was really good, very positive, always very positive. There's nothing that really, like, set me back. And I, I don't think um, he felt that way either, or he felt, in a, he felt very, he felt this kind of the same way I did. So I, um, I didn't really want to, um, you know, Ups, kind of upset. I'm not like I'm like this young kid who doesn't know what he's really talking about. Um, never uh, ran a practice or and going to try to negotiate with someone that's been in practice for over 40 years. Like I don't, I don't know what to do here. So um, yeah, yeah. I think so. That it was kind of a respect thing for me. Yeah, and and I think that's that's the whole point, right? I mean, it, you, you have to come at it with a mutual respect from both ends and, you know, um, and that's how any relationships are built. Kind of the same thing we were talking about before with, with conversations and exploring ideas. And when you don't agree with somebody, but you have a mutual respect for, for that, that person, uh, you, you can overlook things that aren't necessarily that important, but could become really important they're small things and yeah. they're not important. Yeah. But they could become important in your eyes very quickly if there's not common ground. And if you don't feel like there's this, um, this kind of movement towards, um, a, a mutually beneficial relationship, yeah. both professionally and personally. And that's where you see things break down. I think is that, that one person feels like the other person just isn't looking out for their interests at right. all. Right. And all their, and that, and that's where you could get, I could see, you could get, um, you know, we had a, we had a, so you could get an attorney that was really nitpicky and that could come across the other way. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think, you know, the only experience I have with, with this would be we sold our house, we sold one of our houses, well, a house. So we've lived in a lot of houses because our family has continued to grow. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So the, um, so about five years ago, about four and a half years ago was the last time that we moved and we'll be here for probably ever now. But um, but our real estate agent, so they could have almost in, like crushed the deal because they couldn't get along with each other. And so, you know, one would nitpick at the other and the other would nitpick at the other. And we actually, the people that bought our house, like it turns out like we had a lot in common with them after we sold them the house, you know, they, they turned out to be really nice people, but during the whole process, it was uh, unbelievable. You know, and it was all because our our two our two agents would just just nip. You know, it's like hundred dollars here, hundred dollars there, and like it's just not worth it. Yeah. You know, just the houses get it done. Yeah. So that's interesting. That's really interesting. Um, that's so funny uh, you say that. Uh, the the we uh, I mentioned we just were on vacation and um. Our family, who's they're actually uh, moving from Virginia to Florida in, in a month or so. They just sold their house. It's kind of the exact same situation. So, like, <laughs> uh, it's really like 
uh, Devin, uh, um, he said, uh, he said, I, I don't know if this guy realizes that his, uh, his agent, like, uh, like she might blow this whole deal. Like, like he's, he's yeah. got to find someone different. Like I just, uh, I just don't, he's like, I don't get it. So that's, that's really interesting that you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how often that um, happens. I think for me, it's like, always get in the way. I think, um, for me, like, I don't, I wouldn't, I didn't know how to like look for a lawyer, like someone I can trust. You know, I, mm. that was, that was a hard thing for me. So like, well, I, I know this guy and I know he's not trying to like, um, like, I, I know I can trust him and I've known him since high school. So, um, yep. can't, it can't be that bad for me. And it wasn't, you know, but, um, right. But I, I don't know how I wouldn't, I still really wouldn't know how to go about, um, if I went back in that situation, like how I would, how I'd go about finding legal advice and going yeah. about that. But it's probably very similar to, you know, it's probably very similar to um, how people find, you know, eye doctors yeah. in like in yeah. larger communities anyways, that they yeah. just sort of word of mouth, they search on stuff. But, you know, I've found that, um, uh, so I've got, I've got a buddy that I run with that, um, that is a business attorney and, and he, he's in a really large group here in town. And, um, I guess they'd probably classify themselves as like a medium sized group, but you know, there's probably a hundred attorneys or something. Um, and so, you know, you can ask them, you know, like, well, okay, well I need help with this. And, and there's somebody in their firm that they can, you know, that can handle it for you. So that's, you know, that's what, um, has been helpful in my situation. Uh, but I think if you've got, you know, um, you know, part of it is just trusting them, you know, and knowing who, who to talk to. Yeah. So let me ask you this, um, a little bit of a change of, of topic because I want to be respectful of your time, but you're in Tampa. You're ready to buy the Adapt DX. <laughs> Tell me what happens. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the 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 people at Adapt DX, the, the salespeople are still mad about this situation, I think. So. <laughs> uh, well, they shouldn't be. I'm giving them all, we'll give them free love on the air right now. I tell you what, like I um I I went to Tampa not planning to buy the adapt dx at all like i um i uh one of the first lectures was uh, uh i believe his name is damon durker is that right um uh -huh. yep. and uh, damon gave a lecture on um how he utilizes it his protocol on amd and i i got done with that lecture going man i'm i'm not really taking care of my amd patients like i need to and uh completely changed um like my kind of priorities on how I want to change my practice. Like, uh, so, um, I go over to their, uh, their booth and start chat with them. And Damon was there and we chat a bit. And uh, by the time I was done, I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to, I know I'm going to get one of these things. I just don't know if it's at the exchange, you know, but basically I, I would, I know it that some in the future for us, um, uh, so I, um, I kind of, well, so just to, just to give, just to give our listeners a little bit of perspective, I think, you know, when, um, when you think about dark adaptation and what the adapt DX measures. Yeah. So, um, helping you just really, I think helping you really diagnose those 
EMD patients sooner. Uh, but when you can um, help 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 you differentiate those that um, that may have a uh, um, have that. Uh, a functional, yeah, a functional reduction yeah. prior to having a structural reduction. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, having some of those um, dark adaptation issues or that uh, night vision, those night vision problems that um, can really help you uh, navigate those early AMD changes uh, sooner. So, um, I, I but that's just something I just um, you kind of I kind of knew about, but I just didn't really know a lot about it. Um, and yeah. then just going to the exchange, really going, wow, this is, this is, there's more, first of all, there's more research to it than I realized. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. So there are, there, so there is a ton. So, so because I've, and, and I'm not, I just, I want to step in here because. No, you're fine. Um, when I was evaluating for the AMD protocol that um, we basically have the first draft of, and now we're kind of submitting it out to, as they talked about at the exchange, the, uh, some extra experts in specific areas to get their comment on sections. And, you know, I was really, really, you know, what I was, my goal when, when I was writing that protocol was to look at strictly evidence. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to hear what just a company had to say. Um, I, I, I really tried to steer clear as much as I possibly could from company PowerPoints right. and, you know, all those sorts of things and just scour the literature. And there is a ton of literature that's available that shows that, uh, dark adaptation, delayed dark adaptation, um, is is significantly associated with the development of macular degeneration. In fact, it's not just it's you know my first question was could it be that there's other things going on in the macula here and it's just sort of this nondescript um, reason why patients will have a delayed dark adaptation and actually the answer is no it's it's pretty specific yeah. for for AMD yeah and um, and so when you look at all that literature and you, and you see that, you know, it's like, if I, I'm just off the top of my head, there's, you know, you're, you're finding um, patients who are um, two to three times more likely to develop macular degeneration over three years uh, than, than if they have a normal dark adaptation curve. You'll see that patients who have a, a um, significant um, delay, so they already have AMD, but they have a, a a more lengthy delay than what you're expecting over time. So from one year to the next year, those patients maybe you look more likely to progress more rapidly. So, um, so it's, it's really, really interesting stuff. Yeah. And so, okay. So you're, you're going in there now they've convinced you, you're thinking you're going to purchase what happens. Uh, so for me, I, I go, I just, I know I can't do this now. I know, I know it's in the future. And so, um, <clears throat> Every year, I always do um, the um, the donation to the Vision Source Foundation, and uh, and so I, I put my donation in, and you know, you, there's always a raffle, like one in a gazillion chance you actually you know, right. potentially win something, right? There's like there's three instruments there. There's like a million tickets in this, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, drawing for uh, I, they had a, I think they had a um, uh, they had a wide retinal imaging camera. They had the AdaptEx, and then they had um, an OCT. And uh, the so I'm like, well, maybe I'll the one in a million chance I'll actually get it. And, and the and so I, ha I happened to be around when they they did a drawing, 
and um, they drew a name and the first person chose the Optos Wildfield Imaging and and then the second name, I think they ended up at the the this person or this name on the card or the name on the um the ticket chose the they actually have tickets to the um the exchange oh, for exchange. next year. Yep. So the uh, uh, flights for next year. And then uh, my name got chose chosen third. So uh I just I, I first of all I still can't believe it, but uh Yeah. I'm it's awesome. Yeah, so uh so I chose the Adapt DX and um like we we haven't gotten the instrument yet, but uh like I said, I'll, I'll maybe start believing it uh <laughs> when, when it actually is in our office. But uh, you know, we I actually just had a phone call yesterday with uh with a rep from them trying to figure out logistics of um yeah uh, of uh delivering our instrument and stuff like that. So I'm I think it is gonna happen. I, I'm pretty sure I'm um <laughs> but yeah so I'm uh um uh you know taking we're taking a few pictures afterwards and chatting with a few guys and uh I talk talking to the rep that I um chatted with um and he's like he's like I heard your name he's like I can't believe he's like I that he's like <laughs> I I don't know what to say. He's like because you know he, he knew that you know at some point I was probably going to get the instrument, and so uh, they kind of he was kind of bummed, but uh, he's like, "You're just going to have to be a really big advocate for uh, Maculogics in in South Dakota." So, <laughs> so I'm going to be the biggest uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, voice for it. That's but I'm cool. super excited about it. So uh, it's you know they'll do a great job. That company does a very good job helping you implement it into your into your workflow, and. Um, and they're just great to work with. They're just good people to work with. Yeah, so yeah. I'm actually, you know, and I it's cool kind, of get, kind of getting that um, figured out now. So I'm, I'm excited for it. They, um, yeah, gosh. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Well, Alex, I, I do want to be respectful of your time. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation tonight. And um, I hope we can do this again soon. Oh, gosh, yes, yes. Uh, absolutely. Anytime this was... Always, always fun to chat with you, Chris. So, um, call me anytime.